Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beard Sportscast. I'm Perry Martinez alongside my co-host, James Farley, and we have a great episode planned for you guys, so let's get to it. James, take it away. Thanks, Barry. Yeah, we're going to be starting off with some college football talks, heading on into some talks about the New England Patriots, and then finishing out with our quick pick section. We do not have our draft day like we did last week, talking about the best rivalries in sports. Man, Perry, that was a really good talk. I mean, even, yeah, my grandfather gave me a call the other day and said, hey, another rivalry for God, Harvard and Yale. So that's another one up there, too, that you got to think about. But that was definitely a fun segment last week. If you haven't listened to that, check on in. For sure, that's on Spotify if you want to listen. But now, we're going to be starting talking about the college football playoff. Perry, it's that time of year where college football teams are just vying for those top four spots. And that's a really tough position to get in, being able to be one of those top four teams because there's so many teams that have a resume good enough to potentially be there. But there are four primary games this Saturday that are going to definitely define what is going to be the eventual outcome of who those top four teams are competing in the college football playoff will be Perry what are those four games and what could that mean for the college football playoff yeah James there's obviously other conference championship games like the Pac-12 um there's also you know the ACC but those aren't really important to the college football playoff they're obviously important for those teams but not for the discussion what we're having today but the first one is obviously the Big Ten right you've got two Michigan riding high after their rivalry win over previous number two Ohio State versus 13 Iowa who's 10 and 2 so two lost team against a one lost team Iowa's really looking to play that role of spoiler here they really know that even with a win against Michigan they still don't have a great shot at the college football playoff unless absolute chaos ensues but that should definitely be a fun one with massive playoff implications there's also the big 12 game with five oklahoma state well one 11 and one team um riding high against that victory at bedlam that was a great game um caleb williams did everything he could that game especially that 50 yard run on the final drive but oklahoma state's defense held strong in the second half and they'll be facing off against number nine baylor a two-loss team, they have a chance if chaos ensues more than Iowa does, but at the end of the day, it doesn't look like Baylor's going to be able to get in. Yeah, Perry, Baylor, they still have a chance. We'll get to that a little bit later in our discussion. But, yeah, as you said, Michigan, they're basically, their destiny's in their own hands. If they win, they're in. If they lose, then that's up to the college football committee. And if they lose, there's definitely a good chance that another two-loss team or even a one-loss team like Notre Dame could jump them. If Alabama beats Georgia, they're definitely going to go over a two-loss Michigan team. So Michigan really has to win if they want to get in, and I think that they're in great shape to do so. Oklahoma State and Baylor, yeah, Perry. I mean, Oklahoma State, they have some big wins. They've already beaten Baylor this season. They also beat Oklahoma, as you said, in Bedlam. That led to the um, Lincoln-Riley heading on over to USC, which is a little bit of a comical situation. We'll definitely want to be talking about that a little bit. But, I mean, he heads on over to USC just after saying that he wouldn't take a job at LSU. So, I mean, he, he's, like, contradicting himself almost. Like, while he never lied when he asked if he would take the LSU job, he ended up saying, no, I'm not going there, trust me. And then literally within 48 hours, he's in Southern California. So he's now over there. Pat Riley left Notre Dame, who's the, the sixth best team in the country right now, and then headed on over to LSU, replacing um, Ed Orgeron, who obviously led the Tigers to a national championship. But obviously lots of college football coaches mixing things up. But now... With the teams here, yeah, Perry, I think Oklahoma State, if they win, they're going to be able to get in because if they are able to have a, if they're able to be a team that's beaten Baylor, 
beaten Oklahoma and has a conference, the Big 12 Conference Championship under their belt as a one-loss team. I think there's no way that you keep them out of the football playoff. And I even think that if Cincinnati beats Houston, which is in the AAC Conference Championship game, even if Cincinnati wins that game and they end up going undefeated and and winning the conference championship. I think that a one-loss Oklahoma State team with better wins over Baylor and Oklahoma is going to actually jump the undefeated Cincinnati and get into the football playoff. Yeah, James, it will definitely be able to see. But the other two conference championship games here that we want to mention are the American Athletic Conference with number four Cincinnati is 12-0, taking on 21 Houston. Houston doesn't have a chance. But if Cincinnati loses, they can kiss their CFP dreams goodbye. If they win, they still have a chance, and they'll probably, that will be the debate. You know, you said Oklahoma State, too. If Alabama loses, it's a two-loss Alabama team that can potentially lose a close game to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Do they jump Cincinnati? So that'll be interesting, you see, as well. And then the aforementioned SEC game, the game of the year, in my opinion, um, won Georgia 12-0. They've been dominant all season long. Probably the best defense in college football in probably the past at least 10 years, I would say. Um, taking on three Alabama, who just came off that, I believe, quadruple overtime victory at the Iron Bowl in the Auburn. Auburn. So you take the rivalry wins where you can get them for sure. But that Alabama team did not look great. The offensive line didn't do anything. You hold up in pass protection. Bryce Young was running for his life the entire game. And the Alabama offensive line has to improve, especially facing off against that incredible Georgia front four. Yeah, absolutely, Perry. That's going to be an incredible game, kind of similar to an Alabama-LSU game we saw a couple years ago. I think that was one versus three. Bama was three, and LSU was one. LSU ended up taking that one in Tuscaloosa. So, I mean, if we if history repeats itself, that means that the number one seed wins and Alabama is uh, could be sent home packing as a two-loss team. But all of these games have such big implications, and that brings up many different college football playoff scenarios because at the end of the day, we're talking about a bunch of teams, but only four can get in. And I think that personally, I think that that number should be expanded a little bit. I think it should go to eight. Um, in my opinion, we can talk about that in future episodes, but right now it's sticking to the four teams and Perry. So for example, if Michigan wins, who is the number two seed in the country, Oklahoma state wins, who's the number five Bama wins, who's the number three beating Georgia and Cincinnati wins that leaves Georgia with a loss. I don't think that really shakes up Georgia's hopes, right? Because there's still a one loss team. Where could that lead the other teams that won and our college and our conference champions and Georgia, while they aren't conference champions, they have dominated all season long and are now a one-loss team. How do you think that shakes it up, and what could the potential four teams getting in be if that if the games unfold that way? James, um, there's no way that Georgia is falling out of the top four, and even if they get blown out, they've been such a dominant team all season long that it doesn't really matter. And if Alabama does happen to beat Georgia. It's not going to really matter either because it's going to matter, and Alabama is going to get in. So one team from the SEC is getting in, potentially two. If Michigan wins, they're in. Um, so in this scenario, I think we got to put Bama at one, Michigan at two. And then this is where it gets interesting. Do you rank Georgia at three ahead of Oklahoma State? I personally would. And then the, the um, battle becomes Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. Oklahoma State is one spot behind Cincinnati in the latest CFP rankings, which came out on Tuesday. But Oklahoma State would have back-to-back -back wins against top 10 teams in Oklahoma and Baylor. 
Um, Cincy would only have one top 10 win against Notre Dame. Oklahoma State loss is to Baylor, so they would then avenge that loss. And Cincinnati would only beat two ranked teams in the entire top 25 if you include 21 Houston, who in this scenario they would be. I mean, I th- I would put Oklahoma State here. I think Cincinnati needs, for in my opinion, one of Michigan or Oklahoma State to lose because even if Alabama loses, I think the com- I could see the committee putting them ahead of Cincy. So. In this scenario, I think it would be Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma State in the top four. Yeah, Perry, I agree with you on that front. Um, I think that Bama, Michigan, Georgia, and Oklahoma State would be how it unfolds in that situation. And then another situation could be if, as you said, if Bama loses, you would rank them over Cincinnati. I don't think that's possible, Perry. I don't think that you can put an Alabama team who lost to Texas A&M, an SEC opponent, loses to Georgia, so that gives them two losses, and almost lost to a team hovering around 500 in Auburn. Yeah, I know that crazy things happen in rivalry games, but at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, that was a close game, and it shouldn't have been that close. It took them four overtimes to get that eventual victory. That's a little crazy to me. So while they were able to come out with the victory, they didn't look that impressive, except for at the very home stretch in that last two-minute drive from the three-yard line, I believe it was. So, I think that if Bama loses and Cincy wins, I think that you got to kick Bama out because Cincinnati is an undefeated conference champion. Bama doesn't even have a conference championship and is a two-loss team. I don't think that even though the college football playoff favors Bama, I don't think that they're going to be able to put them in. So, I think that if Bama loses, then across the board with Cincy, Oklahoma State, Georgia, and Michigan all winning, I think that Georgia and Michigan obviously stay at 1-2. and two, And then that brings... Um, I think that brings Oklahoma State up to three because that gives them the back-to-back top 10 wins in the conference championship. And then Cincinnati stays strong as a non-Power 5 conference team and is able to squeeze into the college football playoff at the number four, kicking the Crimson Tide out. James, this is definitely the most likely scenario, um, I would say. I think I agree with you. Georgia-Michigan, um, if they win, they're going to be one and two. No matter what happens anywhere else, they're going to be one and two. Um, but then it becomes Oklahoma State, Cincy, or Bama. So that will definitely be interesting to watch. Yeah, Perry. So Alabama's season is kind of in their hands too. As I said, it's in Michigan's hands. Georgia's really the only team that's a lock at the moment. So, Perry, what does Alabama need to do to beat Georgia and guarantee a spot in the college football playoff? Because if they lose, there's a pretty good chance that as a two-loss non-conference championship um, team, that they don't get in. So they really need to win. And Georgia's been dominant. Alabama, they looked shaky last week. What do they need to change throughout this week, heading into Saturday's matchup against the best team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs? How are they going to be able to get a victory? What do they need to do? James, if they lose, all in my eyes, all they have to do is lose a close game. I don't think they even need to win. Because if they lose a close game and since he wins, I would put Alabama at four over Cincinnati, as crazy as that sounds. But Kirby Smart is 0-6 against Nick Saban's. Nick Saban's former assistants, 1-24 against him all-time. The only win was Jimbo Fisher's win with Texas A&M this past season. So that is a ridiculous stat. Not as good as Belichick's record against his assistants, but pretty close. Um, Belichick's isn't as close as Saban's, excuse me. But look, Alabama needs to protect Bryce Young better. That's where it starts. Um... This Georgia front four is awesome. They've got uh, Gerard Davis, who's a potential Heisman candidate. 
But if they can protect Bryce Young, we know what Bryce Young can do with his legs. We know how good he is throwing the ball as well. They've got Mechie out there. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. So if Mechie can win a couple battles on the outside, um, maybe Bryce Young can deliver it to him. And if the running game, if the running game plays well as well, then that will allow Georgia, that will allow Bama to throw the ball, maybe run a little play action. And I know you don't need to have a great run game to run play action, but it certainly doesn't hurt. And then if you're looking at Georgia, you just need to keep doing what you're doing all season long, right? The defense needs to carry them because this offense is good, but they're not a Hall of Fame offense like Bama's was last year or LSU's led by Joe Burrow was the year before. This Georgia team needs their defense to play well, and they need their offense to make timely drives, maybe drives that take the take a ton of time off the clock, allowing Bryce Young to stay on the bench, allowing the defense to get rest. So that's what Georgia needs to do. Bama just needs to come out. Then you lay all on the line. Their defense needs to get a couple takeaways, in my opinion. it's It wouldn't be the upset of the century, but it certainly would be an upset Georgia's a touchdown favorite, so definitely a game that I'm looking forward to watching and a game that we should see just the difference between the, these two teams and if Georgia can avenge their many losses in recent years to Alabama. They lost the national championship game from two attack of Iloa to Devontae Smith on second and 26, and they lost that SEC championship game where Jalen Hurts came off the bench in the second half to lead the Crimson Tiny victory. But Georgia's going to be motivated. I think Alabama's going to be too. And this is definitely going to be a battle for both teams. It will be a battle. And Perry, who's going to win? This is a tough game. Who do you have you as your pick? James, I'm going to pick Bama. Look, I think Georgia's a great team. Um, I think they've got great coaching Kirby Smart. I think they've got great defense. But... I just don't think that this Georgia team can get over the hump, and maybe they'll be able to finally. But I think Bryce Young, Bryce Young became a hero last week, right? Ninety-seven yard, uh, I believe he had no timeouts. Ninety-seven yards, length of the field, to win that game—that's crazy. So, I mean, I have to give Bryce Young credit for last week, and I think he's going to do the same thing this week. I have Bama winning a close one against Georgia. Nick Saban's going to come out and coach a great game. Yeah, Perry's going to be one for the ages. I'm actually going the other way with this. I don't think that Bama is going to be able to handle Georgia's defense, especially after how we saw them handle Auburn's defense, which is a good defense in its own right. They're actually a great defense, but they're not the Bulldogs. That's what it is. Kirby Smart's defense is phenomenal. Best defense in the entire country. So I think that they're going to be able to shut Alabama down. And we were up to this point, we weren't shown that Alabama can be shut down. Perry, they didn't score any points, not even a field goal. Zero, absolutely nothing through three quarters of play last Saturday. That's 45 minutes of football, and they never even scored as the number at the, as the number three team in the country. So I don't think that they're going to be able to do it against Georgia either. I have the Bulldogs winning this one. And then lastly, Perry, the final situation we're going to be talking about today is if Georgia and Cincinnati both win, Alabama, they become two-loss teams. Cincy at number four wins. That means that they almost guarantee their spot, especially if Alabama loses. How does this um, unfold with a Michigan loss, Oklahoma State loss, and then obviously a Bama loss? So only Georgia and Cincy win, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Bama all lose. What could end up happening for the top four? Yeah, James, this this is definitely the all-out chaos scenario for sure here. Um, 
But look, Michigan and Oklahoma State, they could be coming off letdown weeks against, um, you know, big games for them. Michigan and Harbaugh finally beat Ohio State. So you never know. But Georgia and Cincy would probably be one and two in this scenario. I would actually have Bama at three because um, even if they lose this game and Michigan and Oklahoma State still lose, I think they move up to three. And then the question becomes for me, Notre Dame or Baylor. And the committee said that they would take recent coaching changes into consideration this week. They didn't last week, but this week they would. Um, Brian Kelly did just leave, as we mentioned, for the LSU Tigers. I actually would put Baylor in here um, if Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Alabama would all lose because then you have a Baylor team that beat Oklahoma, who was unbeaten at the time that Baylor won. You'd also have a Baylor team that beat Oklahoma State not once, but twice. So that's a that's a really good team. They have a conference championship title. Notre Dame plays as an independent. They wouldn't have that championship title, and I know they'd have a better record, and I know that, that Notre Dame's loss to Cincinnati would probably look a lot better than Baylor's losses to TCU. Um, to TCU, and the other one is um, slipping my mind right now, but I would still take Baylor at number four here. Yeah, Perry, I'm pretty sure there are other losses to Stanford, but um, yeah, I agree with you on that front for sure. And now, college football playoffs, that um, discussion is heading over. We can't wait to see what unfolds this Saturday. But now we're heading on over to the football league that takes place on Sundays. And before we get to our quick pick, we're talking about our favorite team, the Patriots. I mean, Perry, coming off of a recent win over the former number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they were shorthanded, but we got the win at the end of the day. And now they have a big game coming up on Monday Night Football against their conference rivals, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo was incredible. The Patriots are proven to be incredible too, Perry. What do you think the Patriots are? Like, they're just, they've been looking really good, Perry. Do you think this team is for real? Or are they kind of getting lucky on some, like, in some situations here, leading to their record of what it is right now? James, I think it's a low um, of both. I mean, they're 8-4, and four, right? But you don't get there without being lucky, um, in my eyes. And look, the defense has played really well as of late. Mac Jones made some good throws. But, I mean, if you look at the games that what they've won, right? They beat the Chargers. That was a good win for them. Then they beat the Browns, who didn't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I know that um, at the time, uh, Dearness Johnson ran really well on the Patriots. But still, ba- Baker Mayfield was playing hurt. Um, they beat, just beat the Titans. The Titans didn't have Derrick Henry, didn't have A.J. Brown. They also have a win against the Jets, the Texans, the Jets again. Um, and then they play the Bills, and guess who the Bills just lost? Their two-time Pro Bowl corner, Tredavious White. So it's a little bit of luck, and they're going to be replacing him with a seventh-round pick. I mean, Belichick and Josh McDaniels are going to be looking to exploit that all day. So this Patriots team is definitely getting lucky with who they're playing and who they're playing at certain times, and they're extremely lucky. They got to thank the scheduling guys a little bit as well that these Bill games are coming so late in the season when they've started to mesh a little bit. You've seen how big of a role Ramondre Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne have been playing as of late. That wasn't the case in the first three weeks of the season. So I think it's a little bit of both for this New England Patriots team. Yeah, I agree, but you can't, like, the, the injuries, Perry, that could happen to any NFL team. And you could say the same thing for a team that plays the Patriots shorthanded. Like, for all we know, you never know. Let's say Mac Jones goes down with a sprained ankle uh, during Thursday's practice, can't play Sunday. Oh, well, now this uh, now the Bills 
are does that like necessarily make them lucky in their schedule? Does that make them lucky that they got to play the Patriots at this point? So I think that that's just kind of how the game of football works. Players are going to get injured at points, and I so I think that while the Patriots have played teams when they aren't at their um the their best health, that's still they still won games. I think the Tennessee could have been completely healthy, we will still would have won that game. Cleveland, they could have been completely healthy, we still would have won that game. So I think that while we have gotten like as you said, the Bills so late in the season. Like, yeah, that I mean, that's like great for us. That's perfect. But you could really say that for any other team. The Bills could be in our situation, and you say, man, the Bills are so lucky that they get to be playing the Patriots this late in the season. So it really kind of goes both ways. But I see what you're saying there, Pat. And now another thing is Mac Jones. He's been looking good. He has been starting to open up the playbook a little bit. Initially, there were a lot of just check down passes to the running backs, uh, a couple screens, slants, nothing too big. Now he's been starting to look for players downfield like Kobe Myers, um, Kendrick Bourne. These guys are looking, they're, he's looking deep a little bit more, and he's showing flashes of a great quarterback with a strong arm. I even saw an MVP rankings list the other day, and he was listed at 10, number 10. So that's pretty impressive. you got to take that into consideration. But Perry, doing that at this point, Mac Jones is good enough to win games by himself. I, don't think, I didn't think that he was when he was just having those little check down passes. But now, after what we've seen over the past couple of weeks with the playbook opening up, I'm starting to think that he is good enough to win games by himself. What do you think? No, James, he's nowhere close. Um, look, that Cowboys game was as close as it's come, right? He had a really great game against the Cowboys, and but then he threw that pick six to Trayvon Diggs, and we know the story, right? But at the end of the day, right, Mac Jones needs the defense to create turnovers. They've had four turnovers in each of the past games. He needs this running game to be good. I wouldn't trust Mac Jones getting in a shootout right now. Any game that the Patriots defense allows more than 30 points, at this point, they're going to lose. And that's that's not I'm not harping on Mac Jones or anything. I'm not calling him a trash quarterback. I think that he's a perfectly good quarterback. But at the end of the day, you have to realize he's a rookie. He's only played in 12 NFL games in his career. Only 12, and people need to remember that. If he can't win shootout games in two, three years, then there's a problem. But at the end of the day, if he can't win a shootout right now, so what? Neither could, you know, Tom Brady couldn't win a shootout in his first season either. And I hate to compare Mac Jones to Tom Brady, but that was just the first quarterback that came to my mind. Um, I, I, He's not good enough right now, but in two years, and he's good enough, then we can have a discussion on what kind of quarterback he'll become. Yeah, Perry, I kind of see where you're coming from there. I just think that he's really shown flashes of being a quarterback better than I thought he could be this past season. I think that he's really maturing into a franchise quarterback that the Patriots can rely on for years to come. And Perry, just to wrap up this conversation, um, I mean, the Patriots, they have had some, they, they haven't been perfect. And we do have some worries. But I mean, the Patriots team, they still are ranked among the best in the AFC. Where would you put them amongst the top teams in the AFC? I'd put them at number three. Um, I think that's a fair spot for them. I think they beat the Titans, so they have to be ranked ahead of the Titans. And I'll put them over the Bills. We'll see on Monday night what happens. But I think the Chiefs are number one right now. And the Chiefs are playing really, really well. And nobody's beaten the Chiefs yet where I can say, okay, I'm going to put this team ahead of the Chiefs. Nobody's shown me that they can beat the Chiefs. And then I have the Ravens at two. Um... Look, I think the Patriots can certainly, if they beat the Bills, maybe sweep the Bills and beat the Colts, then you can 
talk about putting them ahead of the Ravens, but right now the Ravens have a better record. Um, the Patriots do have a 6-1 and one conference record, though, so that is the first tiebreaker after head-to-head, so that is looking really good for the Patriots in terms of tiebreakers. But until Mac Jones can throw the ball downfield a little bit more and they open up the playbook and they have a better red zone offense, um, that's where I'd put the Patriots at number three right now. Yeah, Perry, I'm giving them a three spot too. And I think that this game against Buffalo has huge implications for this team. Really proven to the league that they're for real or that they're going to have to be fighting for a playoff spot. Now we're heading on into our quick pick segment. We're going to go through this right now, starting with the New York Giants versus Miami. Dolphins game after week 12. I had a great week last week. I got three games up on Perry, so I am now 67 correct to Perry 64. We were tied heading into last week, but Perry's looking for a little bit of revenge this week, and that's going to start with this Giants versus Miami game. I'm taking the Giants. I picked them last week against Philly. Paid off for me well, so I'm doing it again over the Dolphins. Yeah, Miami's one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, Two is a decent quarterback. I think he's actually better than a lot of people think. Um, I do have Miami winning this game, although the Giants defense is playing really well. And then moving into Indy Houston, Indy just couldn't close the deal against the Bucks last year. I do have Indy winning this one over the Houston Texans, who are just an all-around bad team. Yeah, Perry, the Colts are dangerous. you got to watch out. I'm taking the Colts in this one, and I'm looking forward to that matchup against the Patriots. That's going to be a good team. To, that's going to be a tough game to play. And Jonathan Taylor is a really good running back, so you got to watch out for this Colts team as they're fighting for a playoff spot. I'm taking Indy over Houston. Then again, another team that's absolutely horrific, the Detroit Lions, still winless. They're playing against Minnesota. It's basically any, any team at this point who's playing Detroit is almost bound to get a victory, so that's why I'm taking the Vikings in this one. I'm taking Minnesota here, but I, this wouldn't be an absolute shocker for me if Detroit actually pulls out this game. Um, I know it be a shocker to a lot of people, but... It just feels like Detroit's this close, and they're at home. It's a divisional opponent. They've got a ton of rest. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Detroit win by and picking Minnesota. And then moving over to Philly, the New York Jets. Jalen Hurts had a bad week last week. I think he bounces back this week against one of the league's worst defenses. I have the Eagles. Yeah, Perry, I'm taking Philly as well over the Jets. Jets, again, not a good team. I'm taking Philly and Jalen Hurts in this one. And now Arizona versus Chicago. Arizona's looking to have some guys back. I think that Kyler Murray is projected to be back for this one. So he's going to look to come right out of the can. And he's not going to be completely healthy. He's not going to be like his best, best, best self as he's coming back from the injuries. Not 100% healthy just yet. But I still have the Cardinals every day of the week over the Bears. Yeah, Kyler Murray should be back. Um, the Bears aren't that great. I don't know if Justin Fields or it's going to be Andy Dalton under center for them. I do have the Cardinals in this one. And then moving into the chargers Bengals, probably the be- one of the better games of the week. Um, the Chargers looked awful last week in their loss to Denver. Um, the Bengals look like they've hit their stride a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And I'm, I am taking the Bengals this week. Yeah, Perry, this is an exciting game. Burrow... Jamar Chase and that Cincinnati defense, especially with Joe Mixon's great game last week. They're looking good, but I'm actually taking the Chargers for a bounce-back game. I think that Herbert's the better quarterback of the two. This is actually a conversation that we could have about, you know, who's better, who'd you rather be your franchise quarterback, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Two great options at that young as young quarterbacks. I think that I'm taking Herbert at this point, and then that's the reason why the L.A. wins this one. Then on over to Tampa, Atlanta. Atlanta's not that good, Perry. Matt Ryan, I'm actually higher on him than others are. I've said that times before throughout the podcast, but I'm taking the Bucks in this one just because at the end of the day, who does Tampa have that Atlanta doesn't? Tom Brady. Yeah, James, exactly. I have the Bucks in this one as well. 
and then moving over to Jacksonville um, against the Rams. Matthew Stafford has thrown a pick six in each of the past three weeks. I think the Rams um, have a big rebound against one of the league's worst teams in Jacksonville. Yeah, Perry, I'm taking the Rams too. They're a really good team. Their defense is stifling. Their offense is looking good despite the loss of Robert Woods. Matthew Stafford, he has definitely cooled off since the start of his this hot start to his season, but I have the Rams in this one. And I'm also taking Washington over Vegas. I mean, Vegas is not a good team at all, Perry. I'm taking um, Heineke. I'm taking um, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin and that Washington team to come out on Sunday with a victory. Washington's riding a winning streak, but Vegas did just beat the Cowboys in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Um, I actually have the Raiders here. I think they've kind of settled down after their John Gruden and Henry Ruggs event. So we'll see what happens in that one. But I am taking Vegas. And then moving over to Baltimore-Pittsburgh, probably the game of the week outside of Buffalo-New England. Um, I'm taking Baltimore here. Ben Roethlisberger looks done. Um, you know, he's really capping that entire offense right now. I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, Perry, I'm taking the Ravens too. This team is looking good. Best team, one of the best teams in the AFC. This is the big game. As Patriots fans, we want Baltimore to lose so we could potentially jump them in the, in the AFC, but I am taking the Ravens in this one. And then Seattle versus San Francisco. Seattle's not that good. They, I think they only have three wins still at this point. Russell Wilson looked horrific last week coming back from his finger injury. He shouldn't have come back so um so quickly. He's still um limited. I'm taking San Francisco for that reason coming out of here with a win. Yeah, and Russell Wilson's third game back, he still didn't look great. Seattle defense has actually settled down. Um, Niners look like they're going to be without Debo for this game and their linebacker, Fred Warner. This is a sneaky game that maybe Seattle can steal, but I am taking the Niners in this one. And then moving over to Kansas City where they take on the Broncos on Sunday night football. Um, Denver's not that good. They're kind of just pretenders that get a win and they get everybody's hopes up and then they lose. Um, I have the Chiefs continuing their run here um, mid-season. Yeah, blow to the USA in this one, Perry. I'm taking the Chiefs. And then Monday Night Football game, best game of the week in my opinion, Patriots versus Buffalo. I'm taking the Patriots, riding with them, jumping up to a 9-4 and record on the season, seven straight victories. That would be huge. I'm taking the Patriots. Perry, who do you have in this one? Yes, and there might be snow in Orchard Park, New York. Um, that scares me. Mac Jones is from Jacksonville, played at Alabama, not used to the cold weather. Um, I have Buffalo in this one. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I think that Buffalo might be able to get a couple touchdowns. Diggs lit up J.C. Jackson's last year. J.C. Jackson might have improved. We'll see. But Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders might be able to get open against Jalen Mills, Miles Bryant, their second, the Patriots' second and third cornerback. So I am taking Buffalo in this one, guys. But that will do it for us. As always, guys, thank you for listening. If you have any segment ideas at all, you can find our email, Instagram. You reach out to us at fromballparkstobuzzerbeers.com. Please reach out to us. Segment ideas, feedback, both positive and negative. We love to hear it. But that will do for us today. As always, guys, I'm Perry Mortino signing out alongside my co-host James Farley with the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beers Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.